Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius. Today we have a very special guest. I've already talked about two of his books on here. Brian Asman, thank you so much for joining us today, Brian. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here today. Awesome, dude. No, I, I appreciate this. I know you're a busy man. You are probably the person I point out to people when they ask me about hustling and what it means to push yourself and whatever else. Because I know with the success of your latest book, your novella, Man Fuck This House, I'm guessing there's a lot of people that think, oh, he just lucked out. Oh, he just got, you know, it was because of the title. It was because of this. It was because of that. It's like, man, you're fucking hustling. You've been at, I found you through the Horror Writers Association. You know, I wasn't really a big part of the group, but I would see you that you were always there. You're always part of it, always interacting with other authors and then always at these conventions and, you know, talking to everyone, going out there, pushing yourself. You're trying to, you would always send messages to me and others encouraging us to come too. So that's something I really respect, you know, wanted to put out there is like, this dude's hustling. And that's only, I'm only seeing a small part about it. So maybe talk about that. Talk about how, how much work you've put into yourself, into your career, both writing, filmmaking, just go for it. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So I'm one of those people that really believes in saying yes to things. So when something comes along an opportunity, like I tend to, uh, I, I tend, my basic response is usually yes. And sometimes it'll be something where I need to think about a little bit and go, okay, is this really the right thing? But like, hey, I'm on this podcast, right? Because I say yes to things. Someone says, hey, do you want to come on a podcast? I don't look to see how big the podcast is. I'm not interested in that because honestly, if I pick up one new reader from this podcast, it's a win, right? That's worth an hour to me. You know, it's worth an hour and a half to me, whatever it is, right? So I really believe in getting out there and doing things. Like back in 2017 or so, when I first got joined, the, I did my first convention, Midsummer Scream in Long Beach that year. And I didn't even have anything to sell yet, really. I had stories in like two anthologies at that point, but like I didn't even have really like much in the way of contributor copies. So I was just kind of working the table, talking to people, stuff like that, you know, that's how I, how I started out. And then luckily got into a few more anthologies and then had my first novella from Eraserhead Press. I'm not even supposed to be here today, come out in 2019. And so that's when I really, once I started having kind of my own wares to sell my own book length stuff to sell, that's when I started going, okay, I really need to get out to even more conventions. So that's, yeah, for, from a hustling standpoint, getting out to conventions is a really great thing that you can do. You get to meet a lot of people that way. You know, most people, maybe not most, but like, it depends where you're at, but like a lot of conventions, people won't really buy things, but they will take bookmarks, you know, they'll take stickers, stuff like that. So for me, I have like my whole swag kit when I go out to conventions, right? So I've got bookmarks that have like cool art, or at least I think it's cool art. And they have like my website, my Twitter pictures on my books on there, right? Those are just on the table. People take those. I get stickers, stuff like that. Anything from like stickers related to my books or just like dumb little art that I make. Like I, I, like, I love to draw like horror icons as hot dogs for no particular reason, just because I think it's really funny. And then I make stickers of those and then people tend to like them. It draws them to the table. Standees are really important at conventions. I'm a big fan of like fake it till you make it. So like you want to present yourself like you're a big deal. You know, it's like, oh my God, Mark Tullius is at this fucking convention. 
you know, this is amazing, you know? So I, yeah, I think you want to just come across as with that, you want to project that confidence, you know, just like, hey, I wrote this book and I really hope you like it. No one's going to buy from freaking Gollum, okay? Like, you need to come across as a freaking rock star. That's what you need to do. And so, yeah, so that's from a hustling standpoint, I'd say working conventions is a big one. And then having swag is another big one I found. So I have a, I have a store on my website where you can order all of my books. They come signed and they come with like, cool swag. I do that for two reasons. One, because I love you and I want you to be happy. Second reason is most people, when they get like the package and there are like stickers and bookmarks and stuff in there, they will go on Instagram. Like they'll take a picture, they'll go on Instagram and that's free promotion. Some of these accounts have 20 followers. Some have thousands of followers. Doesn't matter. It's all good. That's awesome. Dude, and going back to your energy, your confidence, that's something that I really appreciate. That's something that I felt. It's something that I've, it's rubbed off on me. Cause I've always been the guy oh, thanks, that's man. been like, man, you know, yeah, I have a book, but you probably won't like it. And, you know, just not having that confidence and just be like, well, who am I? You know, you know, I've only had this many sales. It's so easy to put myself down, but being around you being like, no, like, fuck it. Let's go. Let's go have some fun. Like we did this, you know, we have something good. Let's go share it with people. And so dude, that, that definitely has helped me. I appreciate it. And I think that's a great, great message to send to other authors. Thanks, man. I was just going to chime in with one thing. This is a persona that I've adopted over the years. That is me now, but like I am, I, I have been, and I still am in some ways, a very, very, very insecure person. I've grappled with social anxiety. I've felt out of place. I had, I went for years having like crazy panic attacks in public, right? And so this is like, this isn't like Brian's natural state of being like super cool, like blah, blah, blah. I'm an awesome dude. Like I am like terrified of rejection. I'm terrified of all the things that you're terrified of. I've just decided to work on that shit. <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome yeah because i i have all that and and i definitely my attitude with this podcast i had one before and again it was it had that less energy didn't have the positivity and yeah man i was like okay yes yeah, those things are there but yeah let's let's not let them interfere with this you know and this is i feel like this is who i am now like you know and that's who you are it's not like it's a fake persona it's just like right. no it's like we're getting rid of that stupid negative voice that we don't need that isn't helping us you know, yeah, you find that little shred of confidence inside yourself and then you lean into that. You, you find ways to build on that, you know, and you think about like, you know, when someone tells you that they loved your book, that's the thing you try to retain. When someone tells you that your book's a piece of shit, you try and go, okay, like, that's cool. They thought enough of my book to tell me it was a piece of shit. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I had yeah. an effect on them. <laughs> that's cool did you go through any depression anything anything writing related especially i, I know dude writing that first book you think it's awesome everyone's gonna fucking love it, and then not even your friends pick it up you know and you're like so did have you gone through that did you ever feel like just saying man this isn't even worth it what what and if so what did get you through it yeah, definitely. I've grappled with depression literally all my life. I was, I remember being taken to a psychologist at like eight years old or something like that. And uh, so I've been in my latest collection, Neo Arcana, which is only available through my website and at conventions. That kind of is a, it's a bit of a departure for me, but it, it kind of addresses in some stories, my depression and my battles with it. Right. So yeah, I've got, I've gone through that specifically to writing. 
Yeah. I mean, I think everyone grapples with that. Everyone grapples with imposter syndrome. Everyone grapples with the idea that like, am I making a difference? Is there any point to this? You know, I think almost every writer finds when you have a book out that like, there's a lot of people in your life who think it's very cool that they know a writer, but they have no interest in reading your book. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I've just decided, you know what, like, not every person in my life has to be everything to me, right? Mm-hmm. They can be someone that I go out for, for buffalo wings with, and they don't have to be someone that I, I talk, that reads my book and likes my book, you know? As long as they're not actively discouraging me, like, <laughs> you know, they can still be in my life and that's fine. But it's also a cumulative effect, right? So I found over the years that the more you stick around, the more people are willing, you know, more people like I call them civilians, right? People outside the horror industry, <laughs> you know, the more, the more there more civilians are willing to take a chance on your books. You know, I've known a lot of people from high school and college who they didn't check out my first book, my second book, my third book, but you know, they'll like message me, Oh my God, I just bought your book. Like, and it's like the fourth one or something like that, you know? But that's awesome. Cause now they're going to go back and read the other ones. Cause they'd be like, Oh yeah, there's, there, there's something to this. Here's hoping. There's, and that's something that's really cool too, how unique your writing is, you know, cause that'd be a lot of authors would maybe would get direction like, Hey man, maybe you should write something more mainstream, you know, not like it's definitely out there, but dude, I, I wrote red jailbroke. And I was like, that was the first thing I read like that. That was super cool, violent, yeah. smart, fast, good action, good characters. That's what made me wonder. I, I would have read man, fuck this house just for the title. But so I went in knowing it was going to be good. But again, that's something I've never seen in a haunted house story. And I'm not usually someone that's into like anything bizarre. And so when there's the big scene with the house, I was surprised that that didn't throw me out. Like I was like, I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. This is cool. This is something I normally wouldn't even dig, but I'm right there with it. So yeah, great job with that. Thank you. Yeah, I really think it's important that like, for, for me, my approach is just, I write the books I really want to read. And like, you know, that's, that's just it, right? Like what book, what, what book isn't out there that I would love to read? That's my approach. That's awesome. One of my friends was asking about your book. What, what's the hardest scene that you've ever had to write? Do you, can you, can you think about that? Do you, is there anything that's difficult to write? Like, is it sex? I know for me, I have a hard time with sex scenes, sex scenes. I have a hard time with some extreme horror. Is there been, or like maybe something personal, has there been any scene that like was really difficult for you to get through? Oh, that's, that's a really interesting question. And I I think there are, there are scenes that are perhaps more difficult, like logistically, as far as like how I'm going to compose this particular scene, right. Or scenes where like, I have to do some research on things. I found when I did Nunchuck City writing, you know, I, I love writing action, but like I writing some of the action scenes and trying to figure out, okay, how do, how exactly do I convey what's going on over here and over here and over here and make it like flow and like you know there are only so many ways that you can say he hit the guy in the face so like how do you make it interesting right so challenges like that for sure like more technical challenges as far as like things that i find emotionally hard to write i i can't really think of anything but then again like i don't write extreme horror for the most part i'm not writing stuff like aaron Beauregard or duncan or some of duncan <laughs> ralston stuff or something like that you know and those guys yeah. are great i like their books but i don't you know that's not my my thing at least yeah. right now yeah you know yeah, um, right on and i also don't i haven't really written sex scenes in my books so that that might just be like i'm it might be i'm avoiding things that i think i'll be have a hard time writing mm-hmm. how much well has writing helped you is it a is it a catharsis does it like 
you know, going through those social situations that caused you depression or anything, how much does writing help you? Oh, it helps me a ton. Yeah, just being able to work out all my anxieties on the page and everything like that. I, I feel like when you can actually like, describe something that you're feeling like when you can externalize it in that way like there's a you know you're kind of purging it in a way it might still be there but it's like hey if i can talk about my anxieties i feel less anxious right mm. um like you've probably found that too like when when i was going through a lot of social anxiety one of the things i do was like i just find someone that i trusted to have like a conference so i'd be at like a big event feel a panic attack coming on and i'd kind of turn to someone who i knew closely and trusted and like oh man let me tell you about my social anxiety real quick and then that purged it so like writing is kind of like that where you can work you can work out those issues on the page for sure that's cool and man in, in sharing that and and talking about it on this I think that is so powerful too, because whether someone's reading it or someone's listening to it, I think so many people deal with anxiety, depression. I mean, man, it's, but everyone feels like it's just them, you know, when it's going on in your head, you you feel like it's just you and what's wrong with me and everything else. So I think by talking about it, it's like, Hey man, no. And not only can we deal with it, but we can go on and we can do this, this, and this, and we can, we can find success despite you know, whatever obstacles we might have. Right. That's one of the more diabolical things about depression. It makes you feel like you're the only person that's ever felt that way. And, you know, especially when it's like kind of more of a chemical issue versus like externalities, like you'll get mad at yourself. Like I've gotten mad at myself. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like I have all these good things going on. And yet, you know, I'm still like having trouble dragging myself out of bed this morning and stuff like that. So I think it's it's important to recognize that everyone goes through it. I think with social media too, it's really helpful to remind yourself that everyone curates their social media. It might be done with varying degrees of intentionality, but like social media is just fragments of people. And so when you see someone who has a really awesome life on social media, there's no guarantee that they're actually having an awesome life. <laughs> they're just choosing to present that. You know, like my social media is fairly positive for the most part. And that's the stuff I'm choosing to put out into the world. And then like, you know, I kind of like, you know, go out for drinks with friends and like tell them my problems, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good approach. Where are you the most active? Do you like interacting with people on social media? And is that yeah. something that you've forced yourself to kind of make yourself do? Yeah. So my agent made me. <laughs> She was like, she was like, you must have a Twitter. And I'm like, okay, I'll make a Twitter. So I'm mainly on Twitter these days. I just, that's just the platform I, I happen to prefer. I do go on Facebook a bit now because of the Books of Horror group, which all your listeners, if you're not in this group, you should really go check it out. It's around 20,000 people so far. Everybody is a voracious horror reader. They're, the group has become kind of a tastemaker. Like the reason why my last book took off is because that group found it. So it's a really amazing group and the admins do a great job of curating. So really there's, you rarely rarely see any negativity there Um, you don't see people trolling there you don't see you like and i think the group attracts people who aren't into those stupid things but you know for the most part it's a very positive group people are there because they love horror and they love talking about it that's awesome speaking of that that's something i don't even know anything about i was on a podcast recently where someone was talking about like the infighting and you know the all the negativity uh, with critics and everything else. And like, I think Duncan's book did a great job. Gross out did a great job of kind of capturing that, but it's not something. Yes. I I love that book. (laughs) How much negativity do you experience? Cause I don't, I don't really see it. I haven't really experienced any just cause you know, small fish, 
but is it a lot and is it is it difficult to deal with if you are dealing with that yeah you know i there is negativity out there but i i think for the most part like you there are ways that you can kind of insulate yourself from it so i i mean one is like i don't read one and two star reviews anymore you know, I used, I used to, and then I, you know, I, I, yeah, I'd be like, Oh, what is wrong with this person? They just don't get it. You know? Okay. Real, real quick aside, real quick. My, my favorite one star review I got was this person who is so angry, so angry. They were ranting for an entire paragraph. Like they're like, I can't believe that no one involved in this book, not the writer, not the so-called editor, not whatever, like fly by night publisher put out this piece of shit, blah, 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 blah. They didn't catch the fact that the word loose was spelled wrong on page 174. And uh, guess what's not on page 174? The word, the word loose. loose. Guess what's not in the manuscript? A misuse of the word loose or loose. I checked both. Wow. So like this person is like essentially having an aneurysm over something that doesn't exist. So that's the kind of like, there is negativity. Like that's the kind of negativity I just kind of laugh at. Like, wow, you really worked yourself into a tizzy over something that doesn't even exist. It, like maybe take a Xanax. I don't know, you know, but the, the negativity out there. So like, I don't read the negative reviews anymore. And then, you know, I'm, I'm lucky in that like the way that I, I, I think part of it's just the way that I carry myself on Twitter. Like I'm not going around putting out negativity into the world. Mm -hmm. And so people don't like attack me essentially. Yeah. I don't argue with people. I don't post like, frankly, I do not post about politics. I know there are people who say that like, Oh, you're a coward. If you don't post about politics, that's not what I'm on Twitter for. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you know, that's not to say I don't have opinions. That's not to say I don't contribute to certain causes, things like that. That's just not my Twitter. Yeah. You know? I 100% respect that. I'm I'm the same way, man. I, I think that's a good good call. Where where are you going to be, and what's coming up? Where should people? Are you going to be at any conventions? Do you do conventions all over? You were just I know you were at StokerCon recently too, right? Yep. Yeah. So I was. I've had a really busy month. So I started out at a convention in Long Beach called Festival Obscura that my friends put on twice a year in October and April at the Museum of Latin American Art. It's a, it's mainly a beer festival and they have like a vendor room and I'm like the only, like one of two people selling books there. So like I, I usually do pretty well there. If you're, that's one like kind of tip for writers. If you can find events that are like where you're the only person selling books and especially if they're in kind of like the September, October timeframe, if you write horror, you can do very well at these events. So like, look for like your local, like street fairs and things like that. Cause you know, if you're, if you're the one person selling the thing, like you'll be like, like an, an anomaly, you know, mm -hmm. and that helps. So I started with that. The next day I went to the LA Times Festival of Books and worked the HWA tent. The following weekend, I flew to San Antonio to go to the Ghoulish Book Festival, which was super cool. Max Booth and Laurie Michelle put that on. This was the first year for it. Pretty, pretty good attendance this year. Some fun panels, sold some books, got to hang out with a bunch of cool people, you know, and they got some, they got some great writers there. Like Cena Paleo was there, Laurel Hightower, Shane McKenzie, Tom Didi, like a lot of like, you know, cool writers. Um, awesome. That was a good time. Then I went to StokerCon and like everybody was at StokerCon right, for the most part. So that was super fun. And then uh, let's see, what else do I have coming up after StokerCon? I have in July, I'm doing Midsummer Scream again. I'm doing the Days of the Dead LA. Yeah, I'm doing that um, and then I'm doing you. the Long Beach Comic Con. And I think, Mark, you're doing like pretty yeah, much all I'm of those, those with me, right? I think <laughs> I'm doing at least those two and, and I'll probably sign up for HW, the Midsummer Scream. Yeah, I definitely cool. will. Yeah, that's that's like my favorite events of the year, just because all the haunts and stuff like that. So you can go sell some books and then run through a haunted house. It's pretty fun. Yeah. But again, you know, I may be finishing with that. 
those are opportunities. Like you gave me the opportunity with uh, Days of the Dead. You also brought me the opportunity for the Comic-Con. Those are ones that I wouldn't do on my own. If it was something else I would have been looking at, like instead of thinking of it as opportunity, I'm thinking of it as like, oh, how many hours is that going to take? Am I going to be depressed? I don't sell much. You know, all these other things that are like, no, this is going to be awesome. If nothing else, I'm going to go hang out. We'll I'll have a great talk with Brian, whatever. I'll go enjoy the day. I'll meet some people. You know, it's opportunity. So thank you for taking this opportunity to come on this podcast. It's super cool to connect. Dude, it's awesome seeing your career taken off. It is inspiring. That's super cool. So yeah, man, you and Duncan watching you guys rise. Very, very awesome. So uh, thank you. Up. I really appreciate that. Yeah, dude. And, and again, for others that are watching, follow his lead. Stay positive. Keep going after it. Don't give up. Like, don't don't self-sabotage. I know that that's a big thing for me. And uh, yeah. So where should people go to get your latest? Is it your, you said your website? Is that the best place to go to get your books? Yeah, yeah. So my website, brianasmanbooks.com. There is a merch section where you can buy all of my books. They all come signed. They all come with swag. And I usually ship them out within one to two days of ordering. So I'm pretty religious. They know me very well down at the post office now at this point, because I'm there almost every day. They don't even ask me what I need anymore. It's great. So yeah, if you go to my website. So also, if you want to buy eBooks, like you can totally buy eBooks. My books are on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookshop.org, Target. There's a lot of indie booksellers that are carrying these, including I was just in Chicago last weekend on a three-hour layover, and I went to Bucket of Blood Books, which was super great. If you're ever in Chicago, go check that place out. Verbatim Books here in San Diego has been a big proponent of my stuff. A number of Barnes & Nobles are carrying, carrying my books as well right now too. I want to emphasize to everyone, there's literally no wrong way to buy my books. But if you do want signed copies, go to brianasmanbooks.com and check out the merch section. That's also the only place where you can get my new collection, Mini Neo Arcana, which has two pre previously published short stories and five completely original stories that you cannot get anywhere else. And I have that in ebook and paperback on my website. Awesome, man. Well, I'll be sure to share that too in my newsletter this week. I know it's good stuff because it, it's sometimes hard to find stuff that I like to read, man. I, I'm pretty picky. So when I find an author that I like, yeah, I like to, I like to share them. So, dude, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate this. Best of luck with everything. It, I will see you probably at Midsummer Scream. And until then, uh, thanks for coming on. All right. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Mark.